Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Aaron Gordon here, and we are back here with the Aaron Gordon Podcast. I have my special guest, my old academic advisor at Valparaiso University. Andrea, how's it going? Good. Yeah, doing doing really well um, in Minneapolis now. So yeah. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, we're kind of going kind of go, you know, down a timeline. And um, obviously, you know, you were a swimmer for most people who know you. What kind of got you into, you know, swimming? Like, you know, when was the first time you actually swam? And, you know, like what age could you start swimming? Yeah, so I, uh, I started swimming. Uh, really funny. I um, hated water when I was younger. Really? Um, dad would buy me toys. Like if I put my head underwater at swim lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, like swimming didn't seem like it was going to be the route um, <laughs> until it was like, I was in like the little pool for swim lessons. And uh, my instructor was like, I think it's, you know, I think you could move up to the big pool now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I don't yeah. know. And it just kind of came naturally. Um, I think I joined the swim team when I was in second grade was when um, I first actually started competitively swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of like, it, it kind of came to me. Um, I went from like the little pool and then all of a sudden, you know, they're having me do laps and it was like, yeah, this is, you know, this is fine. And then, um, I was like too scared as a kid to try anything else. So it was like, I liked swimming and then I was like, all right, I'm, I don't want to do anything else. I'll stick yeah. with it. So. <laughs> so then like, how, how did that go into, you know, you doing it in high school, you doing it in college, you know, how did, how did, how was that you know process like? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for, for me, I did not get serious about swimming um, really honestly until probably my senior year in high school. Um, parents kind of, their big thing for my family, um, for like my brother and sister and I, um, they did not care what we did um, as long as we had something that we were passionate about. Um, whether it was a hobby, you know, they were like, we don't care, just you need to be doing something, um, you know, outside of school um, to just, I think, kind of, you know, do the well-rounded type of, of thing. So, um, yeah, so I, I swam, um, throughout middle school again, like I was fairly successful. I think, you know, my big like claim to fame was fifth grade. I won the hundred IM at, or, <laughs> you know, and, um, I liked it. Um, I had some friends, um, you know, on the team and, um, I, again, I was fairly good at it for not really putting that much effort into it. Yeah. Um, so I've got like the broad, like German shoulders was like, we <laughs> has always said, and yeah. um, that's, you know, just kind of like helped with, with swimming. So um, I would say, you know, I just kind of did it again more because I didn't really want to do anything else. There were probably a couple of times where I was like, I want to quit, but uh, my parents were like, well, what else, what are you going to pick up instead? And I was like, well, no, no, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll stick with it. So it was kind of the path of least resistance, um, interestingly enough. But uh, when I was in uh, high school, again, was just, I, I was good at it. Um, I was in my freshman year in high, of high school, I went to the sectional meet. Um, I started to kind of want to get better, but I didn't really know how. Um, we had a couple different coaching switches, um, but kind of moral of the story, my senior year, uh, we got a new coach, uh, Dale Schrank, actually, he was a big time coach in Wisconsin. Um, and he actually just passed away recently. Um, but he had coached a ton of, um, you know, a ton of different state champions. He had taken a couple of schools to, um, to state and, uh, he came to our school. Um, he changed really the course of my life. I think with, uh, mm-hmm. was able to take our team. Um, I was in a place where like, I had no 
reason to be able to make it to the state meet. Um, in Wisconsin, you have to qualify at a sectional meet with a time. And at that point, I think like my time was like six minutes when, uh, which was just nothing spectacular. Um, and he took me from six minutes to 528. I qualified for state my senior year. Oh, wow. Only school that I did that. Um, and that really, I credit him for that. And he kept on telling me every single day I would come into practice. Where are you swimming next year? Where are you going? And that was the first time that it was like, oh, I could actually do this in college if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, prior to that, I, I wouldn't have. I was just going to go um, actually to probably like University of Wisconsin. And that was kind of going to be it. Um, but he kept on pushing and he's like, you know, I, I think that you should swim in college. I think you should look into that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so he pushed me to start to look for that. Um, Velpo recruited me uh, super late in the recruiting cycle, um, probably around, uh, I want to say March. Mm -hmm. um, coach called, uh, Howard had called my, my parents and um, he was like, you know, is your daughter five, nine? And they're like, she is. And he's like, we want her. And so that was kind of how I got um, to Velpo. But again, I didn't really, I was still really not that serious about it mm -hmm. um, until probably my junior year in college was when I actually like cracked down and was like, okay, let me like actually get something out of this. So in terms of my athletic career, um, you know, I, I, again, I think I did really well with not always putting forth a ton of effort until my last two years of college. Um, so that was, that's kind of the whole you know, kind of scope, like timeline, I guess. So when you were deciding to come to Valpo, were, were there any other schools or was Valpo the only one? Um, I was looking at Valpo. I was looking at a very small school um, in Iowa, Loris. Um, mm -hmm. And there was a D2 school in Nebraska um, was another one that I was looking at. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of ended up choosing Valpo after the uh, visit that I went on because, um, and I think a lot of like student athletes can probably relate when you go on that visit and you just kind of see how the team interacts. And yeah. um, when I saw the way that the men and women's team were interacting with each other, it was like, I want to be a part of that. Like, I want to be yeah. a part. Of um, they really had kind of a family feel to it. And it was like, I want that. Um, so that was the, kind of the deciding factor for me. So what was your experience like, you know, swimming at Valpo? Um, obviously, you know, you're swimming uh, at the division one level and, I mean, when you swim at a division one level, I mean, you're talking about, you know, the top of the top of, you know, all of the country. So what was that experience like for you? And um, how do you feel like you did? I, I thought that it was the coolest thing um, being a D1 swimmer. And I think Velpo was a really good spot for me because it was a small D1 school um, when it came to swimming. So I still got what I wanted out of like the education side of it. And, you know, I guess like the comfort, it was very comfortable for me being smaller. Um, but I felt legitimately like an NCAA division one athlete, um, you know, that you're, you get the gear and, um, you get the, um, you know, even kind of walking around, it's like, everybody knows that you're, and if they don't know you're a swimmer, they know you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that that was just in terms of the experience, um, I would, you know, I was, I was really, really glad that I ended up swimming, um, in terms of, I think, uh, I, you know, I had a kind of a rough freshman, sophomore year. Um, like I said, I really got very serious about it. My junior year, um, started, I took the summer before my junior year. Um, I had lost probably like 30 pounds over the summer and mm -hmm. just came back 
kind of crazy. Um, everybody actually called me like Mandria was my name, um, <laughs> um, which is not super politically yeah. correct. But, um, that was, you know, it was, it was a, a very, very big difference, very drastic difference. Um, yeah. I was finally very serious about it. Um, my junior year was when I, um, I think I still have the second fastest mile time in Velpo history. Um, I oh, have wow. to that, but um, I was a distance swimmer. So the uh, distance events were kind of like a love hate for me. Um, yeah. I mean, I was, for me, I think the biggest thing was that like, you jumped into that water and you were like just in your own world, you were in um, your own zone. And, uh, you know, I was very competitive at that point. And so I think that I really did um, as much as I could with my, you know, my potential as a swimmer. Um, I think when I look back at my college years, I don't regret anything. Um, I think that I really did as much as I could um, as an athlete. So that's that. I think, and that's what I usually kind of talk with my athletes about now is that you want to just make sure that everything that you're doing in your experience um, that, you know, you look back uh, that, or I guess thinking ahead, you know, if I look back, am I going to think that I, you know, reached my full potential or was there more that I could do? And so for me, I think it was, you know, I felt like I had done everything that I um, could have done and accomplished um, as a, as an athlete there. So what was it like? Because, you know, most people who play, you know, college athletics normally don't get the same feeling of being a part of a big team unless, you know, you're a part of football. But when you are in a sport like swimming, uh, golf, normally even tennis at, you know, a lot of universities where you and the men's program, you know, really ingratiate into one. What is that experience like? It was a ton of fun. Um, I think sometimes with like the men's team brought kind of an element of, um, just being kind of like goofy at times. Um, and where I think a lot of times the, the women's team, we could get, um, pretty serious and, um, you'd have like a guy come in and just at like almost the wrong time, say something. And it kind of broke up whatever, you know, kind of was, was there. And, um, I just, it was a ton of fun. I, um, I still, you know, talk with, um, a lot of my teammates, um, but it, I think what was really cool was that it really felt like a family. Um, and so you had, you know, we would all compete individually and that's kind of the whole, um, you know, the name of the game when it comes to the individual sports is that obviously my, you know, my time was dependent on myself. Um, but you did have the relays, but I think one of the, the coolest things was those big meets. Um, that was, I think when you really felt like you were a part of a big team, um, is that you were, it didn't matter how you did, you really were just kind of wanting to cheer on your teammates. Um, we, you know, we all kind of knew, um, like the times that people were shooting for, or even like you could tell, um, I think it was swimming. A lot of it is very nonverbal because we can't communicate with each other, um, yeah. other, you know, sitting on the wall. So I think sometimes even like body language, like, you'd know, when, you know, somebody came out they were angry or, you know, happy with it. Or even like while they were swimming, you'd be like, Ooh, they look rough. Like their form is, you know, mm -hmm. really fatiguing. Um, and so I think that that was, but it was always those big meets. I think that would kind of bring us all together. And that's where you felt more of that, like maybe football feel, yeah. um, kind of going towards one goal. Um, so that was, that was a ton of fun, but I loved having, that was one of the reasons again, that I kind of went, with Velpo was because they did have the men's team as well. Um, and I, again, I think it just brings an element of, um, you know, competitiveness, some goofiness at times. Um, it just, it, it was a ton of fun. So what would you, what would, like, what would you say is the difference between, you know, how a swimmer would train 
uh, per se, maybe even all season during the year, um, like in the weight room, whether it be conditioning versus, you know, other sports. Yeah, well, I think with swimming, um, and I think this goes with anything, there's literally like a million ways to get to wh- where you want to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it, it totally depends on the team. Um, when it came to like, typically teams will have it split up where you've got like sprinters, mid-distance, distance. Um, sometimes it's split into like strokes um, is another um, kind of way to train. Um I think kind of the stereotype is that swimmers tend to not lift super heavy. Um, We're already doing a ton of cardio in the pool. um, So a lot of times you won't see a ton of cardio outside of that. Um, Usually core work, that kind of thing. Um, But swimming, I think like a lot of other um, individual sports is also year round. Um, So it's super easy. Like when it comes to swimming, you can get out of shape in like a week and it takes you like a month to feel like you're back in shape um, and kind of get a feel for the water again. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely does. Cause I think every sport is a little different. Like with, with basketball per se is like, it's very easy to, to kind of get in shape because you can just play. You don't necessarily have to do a whole bunch of laps. You can literally just go into a pick into a gym and just kind of just run, or you can just play pickup. There's a lot of different ways you can, you know, kind of get in shape, but, you know, I think for swimming, um, you know, to be at the top level, like how you guys are at, it's not, it's definitely a lot harder to get in shape and to get out of shape. And, you know, that's one thing I always say about, you know, some of these other sports that I try to tell basketball players, like we have it very easy because we can just play basketball and get in shape. Um, mm-hmm. Other sports, I mean, like you can't play football to get in shape, bro. So you're definitely going to get hurt. You can't do that in other sports because it's mainly, you know, fatigue driven. So you can't like play your way into shape like how you can. Um, and, and, and other, and, you know, other sports, but one of obviously the, when you, you say what? Oh, uh, one of the things too, that it's actually always been really interesting to me. Um, and one of the questions I'll always ask, like some of the, the athletes I work with is like, so for swimming, um, as well as a lot of times for like track and field, um, you do like a taper. So mm-hmm. we'll spend your whole season, like killing yourself. Um, and then you take like anywhere from a week to two weeks, depending on if you're a distance or sprinter. Um, and then, and you kind of rest and you like slowly taper off, um, so that you're like fresh for this meet. Um, timing is super critical with that. There are some coaches that absolutely can just nail the timing of taper. It's super dependent on the athlete. Um, a lot of times in swimming, it's like you feel terrible when you're swimming at the meet but your times are incredible. So that's always one of the things that I like will ask. I think when I was, um, you know, first working with basketball, I was like, do you guys like rest for games? Like, mm-hmm. do you, you know, like, is there like, what do you guys do before games? Cause for swimming, if it's a big meet, um, you know, we can't like, there are things where it's like, you're not supposed to take like stairs you're yeah. not to, and you're not like, you're supposed to really like conserve your energy. So that to me was always crazy where they're like, like, no, we just do nor- normal things. Yeah play the game it's like oh okay right yeah basketball is definitely a very much of a lifestyle thing I mean that's the reason why a lot of people they complain about um you know basketball players because we do have it easy I mean it could be you know negative 32 outside and you know the gym's going to be the same temperature it could be five degrees outside it's all going to be the same temperature inside most of the time um the only difference is maybe just the backdrop of, of an arena I mean there's nothing uh, going against you know every player so I mean one thing with basketball is, is this definitely a very rhythm game um, 
you know, if you can catch a rhythm in basketball, it is it is pretty hard to get out that zone. And once someone gets in, it's pretty hard to, to get them out that zone. So I think that's the reason why in basketball rhythm is the most important thing, um, even more than, you know, whether it's, you know, being in shape, um, you know, knowing, knowing the X's and O's. I mean, if someone is, is hot, I mean, and they're shooting the ball well more times than not, um, you know, they're going to get the results that they want. And it's, right, a, they have it's a tough momentum. reality, especially the, the higher level that you go. Um, so when you decided to, um, you know, end your career when, you know, you graduated, you decided to coach. What was that, um, you know, decision making like uh, for you? So, um, yeah, I actually, um, I, I took one year off before I started coaching. Um, mm -hmm. And I was, um, I worked briefly as a therapist um, for uh, children with autism. So that was my first like real job. Um, and it was super rewarding. Um, that was what I went to school for. My undergraduate is psychology. Um, what was that experience like for you? It was, um, whew, it was again, rewarding. Um, it's not read in, you know, you have that, like the, okay, here's the like, book smart thing. Like I could tell you, uh, you know, every single thing about um, you know, working with kids with autism, but until you actually do it and apply it different world. Um, again, I would, I think it's, it's really served me well with kind of getting into, um, some of the academic stuff that I have. Um, but one of the most difficult jobs I've done, um, I was, I ended up staying for a year and that was, um, I was given the opportunity to go back to school, um, work as the GA. Um, and I took that pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm nothing, you know, there was nothing wrong with the job. It just, it's, uh, it's a burnout job for sure. Um, yeah. the clinic I was at was, uh, the children were pretty behavioral. Um, but again, I think it was all kind of leading up, um, to, I guess, kind of where I'm at now. Um, but it, you know, it was like, it, I learned a lot about like, uh, motivation. I learned a lot about just how, um, you know, I think kids, but just people in general learn. Um, and, uh, so that I think was, it was a really good experience. Um, but it was not something that I could have done for more than a year, yeah. uh, with what I did. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the job had opened up for the grad assistant, um, back at Belpo, um, my coach that had coached me, um, he offered that to me, um, I had no real coaching experience at all. I mean, I had obviously swam, but yeah. uh, being a coach and being a swimmer are two, and I think about coach and a player just in general, yeah. two different things. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, that was, that was a, a transition for sure. I think, I don't think that I really found my voice as a coach until probably maybe three years into it. Um, I think my first two years as the grad assistant were really just me kind of figuring out how I like to do things or like even how to interact with athletes and um, explain things or, you know, it's like some of those things, some of the things really come naturally to you when it comes to, um, you know, how you uh, like the, your form with strokes, for example, um, you know, I can do the, you know, my, my hand goes in this way. Um, but when I'm actually having to explain that to an athlete, that was, you know, that was, that took a lot, um, yeah. for me. that was not second nature to me. Um, I think if you talk to any of my swimmers, um, I was good at writing really difficult, challenging sets that were sometimes almost impossible to do, um, <laughs> my strength. Um, but you know, in terms of like, you know, I, I think I also knew what 
what I could do and what I couldn't do. Um, and I really tried to make sure that I was always asking questions and I'm somebody who's very willing to like learn things. So if, you know, a swimmer had, well, my coach told me, you know, at home told me to do it this way. And well, why did they tell you to do it this way? And I think always kind of making it into a conversation, um, so that, you know, you're, I was also learning at the same time. Um, so that was, uh, so I did that. I was a grad grad assistant for two years. Um, and I was getting my master's at the same time. So that was the sport admin, um, program. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked it. Um, I ended up recruiting my brother to the team. Um, it was, so I coached him for a little bit and, um, I, I really enjoyed the coaching aspect of it. Um, and then I also was kind of like the operations person. So I would coordinate you know, our training trip. I would coordinate any of the, um, meets meals, like all of that kind of stuff, um, was also something that I would do. So, um, I think that I was also good at that side of things, um, when it came to the, the planning of it. Um, and then a lot of the learning I did was like, just kind of figuring out the, the mechanics of swimming. Yeah. Dang. So that you had a lot on your plate there. <laughs> yep. So what, what was it like when you wanted to become an academic advisor? Cause you were doing a little bit of both at the same time. What was that experience for you? Like, yeah. So when you talk about like having a lot on my plate, yeah. um, I think second, second year as the grad, um, as a grad assistant and, uh, role, uh, Dr. Rowling actually had approached me about working with basketball. Um, and point it was just in, as a tutor um that was kind of like unheard of like you just if you were a grad assistant you were just a grad assistant in your one thing mm. and never did like a here's a double you know so like I would tutor and then also be a grad assistant um but you know I was like well I you know I've got some experience when it comes to you know again kind of the the learning side of things mm-hmm. um I went to Velpo, so I understand, you know, a lot of how the classes work, how the degrees were, you know, so I was like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and give it a shot. And, um, I was given two, two students to start with. Um, and, uh, from there that it just kind of like grew a little bit where I was given, um, kind of more, I was given kind of the basketball team to, um, more advise really, um, but kind of coordinate. So I think I was considered the academic coordinator for basketball to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of kept expanding. So I, um, I was the, I was a tutor slash grad assistant coach, um, my second year of grad school. And then when I graduated, they offered me a full-time position. And so that was where I was like fully doing both. So I was considered the assistant coach. Um, and then I was also considered the academic, uh, again, I think it was like support coordinator or something mm-hmm. like that the, was the title for that. Um, Shortly after I had accepted that, the head coach uh, for swimming left uh, very unexpectedly. And so then I also had taken up the, um, they asked if I would be the interim head coach. And so for a season, I was the interim head coach slash academic coordinator. Um, <laughs> Elpo, um, it was, you know, again, um, I it had to have been at that time because now I could not have kept up with that schedule. Yeah. Um, was it, you know, it was a lot um, where I was going from, you know, we would have morning practices um, at, you know, five thirty, six o'clock. And then I'd be up, you know, until, um, you know, sometimes it would be well, like almost 2am, you know, with yeah. in the library, you know, working on 
um, you know, homework and that kind of thing. So it was a lot, it was a lot to balance. Um, I was busy all the time, but I also really enjoyed it. I really loved working with the students um, and I was very passionate for it, I think, um, at that time. So um, that was, it was fantastic. And the, in terms of being like the interim head coach, it was like, you know, when else are you going to get an opportunity to be the head coach of a division one team, yeah. um, even briefly. So um, I was able to coach a couple of meets and um, I think that, you know, the swimmers really had pulled together for me too. I think both of the, the um, you know, all the, the student athletes really were very understanding of the situation and they all kind of came together and helped out quite a bit. So um, they made my job easy, but that's, that's always how I felt was that it was like, it didn't really feel like work because um, the, it was just connecting with the students for me was a ton of fun yeah. um, through there. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was exhausting. Um, but in terms of experience, I could not have asked for a better, um, you know, a better time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're from Minnesota and you decide to move back to Minnesota you know, what was that, you know, process like for you? Was it, was it a hard decision? Um, yeah. So, okay. So, um, originally I'm from Milwaukee, so, um, Oh yeah. Well, well I meant, well, why I say Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. I mean, up, but like up, Midwest. Up north. yeah, yeah. So, um, but, uh, so I did not know, uh, anybody, um, in, in Minnesota at all, besides like maybe some like, you know, relatives that are like mm-hmm. very removed, um, that I've never actually met. So, Um, it was, it was a really, really hard decision for me. Um, one of the things, um, that I don't know that a lot of people know about me is that, um, I've got pretty terrible anxiety, like, uh, pretty severe anxiety. And so that was one of the reasons I stayed in Belpo for as long as I did was that it was very comfortable for me. Um, I ended up there for like nine years. So as a 27 year old, um, I had been there for like a third of my life. Um, and it was like, that's, and I wasn't from Indiana, you know, so it was, I was very, very comfortable, comfortable there. Um, there just, I, I knew that there was not going to be the opportunity to move up in the, the role that I was at, at Belpo. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really the deciding factor for me. Um, I have never felt more guilty having to talk to some of the, um, players that I had known for a couple of years that I knew I, I wouldn't be there when they were graduating. Um, and I had known them since they started as freshmen. And, um, I think telling those, those students, that was, um, really like heartbreaking for me. Um, it was mm-hmm. really difficult for me to leave, but professionally, um, I had to, I, I didn't really have a choice at that point because I could not see myself continuing to work in that type of role past where I was at. You know, I was like, I cannot mm-hmm. be 30 something years old or like, how would I even have a family if I'm, you know, at the pool at this time? And then I'm at the, you know, so logistically I was like, I need to, I need to do this for myself. Um, I was applying for, um, really a bunch of different positions. Um, uh, most everything was full-time, but I had applied for an internship at Minnesota, um, university of Minnesota, twin cities. Um, it was a football internship and, um, it was specifically for academics. And I think at that point, I was applying for both coaching and academic roles. Um, but when I got the callback for Minnesota, like the interview for that, I had interviewed with my supervisor um, and um, one of the other academic advisors. Um, and there was just like a feeling that I got that was like, I need to do this. Um, it was, you know, it was a paid internship, but it was not a well-paid internship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so you know, and I was given, I think 
uh, I mean, I, I was given more time, but they really wanted me to start as quickly as I could, because at that point it was the end of August and school was going to start like the 6th of September. So I moved in about a week, um, from like my life in Indiana. Um, I'm 27 years old and I'm taking a, an internship in Minnesota and my parents were, um, I was, I was so excited. Um, and I told my parents, you know, I was like, I think we're going to do this. And they're like, hold up a second. We don't really think this is a great idea. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is, this is big 10. This is, and at that point I, um, you know, I thought that an intern was probably the furthest that I'd be able to get at, at the big 10 level, um, mm-hmm. or at a like that. Um, and so I was like, you know, like what, again, in terms of opportunity, I was like, if I don't take this, I'm going to feel like I miss something. Um, so, so I took, um, so yeah, so I took the internship, um, moved my life in a matter of about a week and a half, um, knew nobody. Um, I ended up moving into, um, it's actually the apartments I'm in currently, but, um, found like an apartment that you could just find random roommates. Um, and it would, the budget that I had, um, and, uh, picked up and left. And, um, on my way to, to Minnesota, I was driving with my mom. We were kind of like caravanning, um, all of my stuff to, uh, Minnesota. Um, again, I just kind of had this feeling that I was like, I don't care what it's going to take. I am going to stay at Minnesota. I'm going to figure out a way to stay here. Um, and before I even like that was on the drive to go there, I had not ever seen the apartment. I had not ever seen the campus nothing. I just was like, I'm going to take this jump (laughs) for me. Like you have to know that if I make a move like that, um, it takes a lot. Like I'm in a, probably not a great spot, um, to, to kind of feel that, that urge to move. So, um, so yeah, so my first role was, um, as a, uh, what's called a learning specialist. So this is where I, you know, when I was at Velpo, I was called like a coordinator. I really was more of what we would call a learning specialist. Mm -hmm the distinction with that, and it totally depends on the school. Um, and this is what I learned about like the academic athletic field. I like, didn't know that that was a thing till I got to Minnesota and they're like, yeah, there's like a couple of different roles that you can do. You know, there's the learning specialist role, there's the academic advisor, and then there's tutor coordinating. Um, and so as an intern, we got to learn about kind of all of that. Um, but I started out as a learning specialist. So, um, I was working, in, you know, almost really in the same capacity as I was at Velpo, um, in terms of, you know, you're working pretty much one-on-one with students. I had a caseload of about, I'm going to say like 13 or 14 guys to start with, um, specifically football. Um, and we would go through and they would have a, a task list. Um, we'd go through their weekly assignments. We go through daily assignments. It's keeping them organized. Um, you know, we, you have to be very, very cautious in terms of like academic integrity. Um, but you know, it was just making sure that, you know, are they understanding the assignment? And, um, a lot of the things that I was doing at Belpo, I think, um, in in terms of like instilling confidence, I think that's one of the things that is really cool about being a learning specialist Mm -hmm. is that to really work with the student athletes and, um, you know, kind of instill that it's like, you're, you're a person like, yes, you're an athlete. And I think a lot of times, especially at the D one level, um, you've got students that are coming in that have only been told that they're good at being athletes, um, and kind of passed along. And then when they get to the college level, I think that's sometimes where they can get lost a little bit because they don't see themselves as students. Um, and so I think if you don't have proper support, if you don't have proper plans in place, that's where I think a lot of kids can kind of fall, um, 
you know, fall by the wayside a little bit. Um, and that's, you know, I think what is really cool about being a learning specialist is being able to work with those students and see kind of their confidence build a little bit as students. They're not probably going to be super motivated for academics ever. Like that's just not going to be a reality, but you can really show them that it's like, you're more than just an athlete. Like you're smart. You can write, you can, you know, like there's, there's so many things that you're, you, you are able to do. And I think that that also helps with that transition, um, past being, uh, I'm an athlete, um, you know, in college, that was my first role, um, was the learning specialist position. And I loved it. Um, I loved everything about Minnesota, um, from the city to the school, to my coworkers. Um, it, it was just the resources that they have, um, at, at, the University of Minnesota here are incredible. Um, they have, you know, an, an entire learning center. Um, the Lindell Academic Center is completely devoted specifically to athletes. And that's, um, we have three floors that are completely for. Well, it's a lot bigger than DeValpo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then the, the little library uh, yeah. area that we had. But um, so that was that was a huge difference. Um, and, you know, I kind of think of like when I moved to Minnesota, it's like, little pieces of like a puzzle kind of were starting to fit into place. And so, um, you know, okay. So like click, I got the, this internship then, um, about a month in one of the advisors left. So this position opened up, um, as an, a full-time academic advisor. Um, I wasn't, I would not have applied for the job. I did not think that I was at a level. I didn't think I could be an intern at a big 10 school. I did not think I could be an intern at Minnesota. So I was not going to apply for the job. My supervisor was like, apply, you know, if you want, but she's like, I would really highly recommend that you apply. Um, through the course of things, um, I ended up getting the position. Um, and that was, I was, that was three months in. Um, and so then I started in January of 2020 was when I started as a full-time, um, academic advisor for, uh, wrestling and swim and dive. Um, so that's, and that was another, you know, just kind of like click, like it just kind of, it was like, okay, right time, right place, had the right experience from Belpo, um, to be a, a candidate. I'm from, you know, one of the things I think they were looking at was that I'm from the Midwest. Um, I would, you know, potentially be kind of looking to stay there for the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely correct about. Um, and, uh, and so it just, you know, it all kind of fell into place, um, in terms of the, the job there. Um, and then as an academic advisor, um, the role switches. So I don't work with students quite in the same capacity. Um, I coordinate everything for them. So, um, I will do, I help with their tutoring, um, just in terms of like, do they need tutoring? I'll make sure that that's, um, coordinated with our, uh, coordinators, if I feel like students need more um, additional help with things or more support, then we figure out, do they need a learning specialist? Do they need, um, you know, do they need a, we have grad interns or like, you know, what are, what can we do to make sure that they're being supported? Um, I meet with my students on a weekly basis. Um, I also am in charge of like coordinating um, all of their, scheduling all of their classes, making sure that they're always within like the NCAA eligibility. So a little bit more of the compliance side of things. Um, as well. So that's, that's all kind of part of the role um, that I play now. Um, it's much more of like a, um, a coordinator versus, you know, kind of the day-to-day um, with the homework and that kind of thing, which I, I enjoy a lot more. Um, it's quite a bit more flexible, I think, too, um, just in terms of like, it's more of a nine-to-five job yeah. now. So what is it about bodybuilding that you're getting into that you really like? Because when <laughs> I saw your Instagram, 
and you were in the in the gym lifting. First off, how did you get started into lifting, and then how did that you know bring you into um, you know wanting to to get into in the bodybuilding? Yeah. Um, well, that's so that's a very very recent part of my journey. Um, mm-hmm. Another kind of puzzle piece that just seems to fit really well. Um, but I've, I've always been into fitness. Um, probably I've been doing, I've been doing beach body workouts since like 2015. Um, it, it just helps. It's something that has helped with anxiety. It's something that I just like, I'm able to kind of get out of my head for a little bit. And I, again, I think that that athlete side of me is like, I, I like having the movement. Um, so this, I worked with, um, another trainer, um, here in Minneapolis for a while. He was fantastic. Um, I, I was just still kind of missing the community aspect of things. And, you know, that's like throughout COVID, um, being in a whole new place, um, that I didn't, you know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't really have a ton of friends and that's, you know, part of like the, I think work as well as, and, you know, in athletics, you're just kind of work is your life. And so, um, again, kind of going back to the, you know, I was kind of in a place where I was like, I need, I need to do something, mm-hmm. um, switched up my entire routine. Um, this was around Thanksgiving. I just, uh, I, I had seen one of the trainers, um, Angie Ocon. I had seen her Instagram. I had done a couple of classes with her, um, at the gym that I had been at. Um, the energy that she brings with her is just really super powerful. Um, she's got this great community, um, that she's created, um, through Ocon fitness, which is her, um, company. And, uh, you know, so I was like, what the hell, I'm going to put an application for this. Um, and it came with, you know, it comes with a meal plan. It comes with a, um, you know, workout program, everything is individualized for you. So I was, um, again, like I was eating like a bag of hot Cheetos at night for like dinner. Like that was, (laughs) so I was like, all right, I need to, I need to make a change. Um, and so, you know, kind of, I was like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go ahead and do this. But I also had decided at that point, I was like, I'm going to go hundred percent into this. So it's like, if I'm in this, I'm going to do it a hundred percent. So the program itself, isn't like a bodybuilding program. Um, it really like, it's, it's meant for women of women and men, but it's uh, really kind of specifically women, um, of, you know, all walks of life. We've got women of all ages, um, all professions, like, all different types of goals. Some people want to lose weight. Some people want to gain weight. Some people it's not even about weight. Um, it's confidence. And so that's, that's really what I was looking for at that point. Um, I felt okay about where I was at, um, you know, like physically, I guess. Um, and it was really more of like, I'm just not confident. I feel like really like I, you know, I just don't feel confident about myself and I would like to be at a spot where I am. So work this program, I would say about two weeks in, uh, with a meal plan, uh, actually a weekend, I lost 11 pounds, um, which was not the goal for me. Um, you know, weight has never been part of this. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, it's like you start, you, it's, it's more of like a, wow, I did that, um, kind mm-hmm. of a feel. So the lifting is part of it. Um, they, they'll, they do workout, you do, um, it switches every like four to six weeks, depending on the workout program that you're on. Um, but the one that I started with was really just like basic lifting. Um, I've done some lifting with swimming, but nothing like heavy. Um, but again, like as you're kind of in there, um, working, it's like, okay, I can lift, you know, I can do bicep curls with tens. And then three weeks later, it's like, okay, I'm going to try 15. So it's like, wow, I did that. You know, it's like, you just, all of a sudden I was starting to, to feel it proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you that I have been proud of myself in probably ever. 
Um, and so I think it's just this like empowering, um, you know, empowering thing. And so um, I've gotten a little bit probably obsessed, addicted. I don't know, like there's a couple words you could probably it's use. It's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> but you see, you see the progress. And so um, mm-hmm. again, I, you probably, you know, you can look at my Instagram and I think you could say, you know, it's like, well, one, um, this girl has never had abs in her life. And you can tell because she's a <laughs> host. Um, it's, you know, for me, that's super exciting. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, the, the big thing for me is that it's like, you can, I, you didn't, I did not, I, I didn't start um, like that. I didn't start great. I didn't start, um, you know, I, I was not this like super athlete, um, you know, three months ago, I was, if you look at my before picture um, or, you know, my, my start picture, um, I look like a very average person. Um, and, uh, and I think that, you know, like going through this, it's just the fact that I've consistently shown up. And um, I think I've always been consistent. I've always been disciplined, but mm-hmm. um, it was like, I just decided I needed, to, I wanted to show up for myself. Um, and so that's, that I think was the biggest shift. Um, and so um, now I'm just, I'm, I love lifting. I love everything about going to the gym. Um, that is really like my sanctuary, um, is when I, when I get there. And, um, but I think that, you know, beyond just the the gym side of it, it's the community part. Um, I've got a lot of women that like, I will check in with, um, we just become really close friends, um, through it. So I think that that's, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that I can be somebody who's relatable. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a shit show when it comes to, you know, my, my life on a daily basis, throw things together, but, um, I'm hoping that it's kind of a relatable story. Um, but when it comes to like the, the actual like competing part, um, again, three months ago, if you asked me physically, mentally, no, I would not have ever thought about competing, um, in any kind of show. Um, I think I've always been kind of interested in it, but I've never been in a spot. Like I would have been too embarrassed to tell you like, Oh, I would, I'd do that. Like, that seems kind of cool. Um, and then it was maybe, I think two weeks ago, I decided to ask my coach specifically about competing. Um, cause she kept on saying like, it kind of looks like you're like about to prep right now. Like you're just, you're shredded. And, um, and it was like, but could, could I do that? Like, is that <laughs> cool? um, and again, like I was afraid to, to, you know, to even like consider it. Um, and both my um, coaches that I work with, they were like, you know, no, we think you'd be really good at it. Like, it's just, if you want to do it. And I was like, yeah, I want, I want to go for it. So, <laughs> um, so that to me, I think two weeks ago, the shift for me was deciding that like, I have a goal now. Um, so I'm hoping to compete in a show in October. Um, and I think that as, you know, again, kind of that competitive, like athletic side of me, um, I keep doing this, even if I didn't have a show, I, I love the lifestyle. Um, I like having a meal plan. Um, I like the routine. Um, I like lifting. I like pushing myself. Um, I love the community. Like I am, I am an Ocon team member for life. Um, But I think knowing that I would be walking up on stage in a bikini and in heels in October, I'm like, all right, let's go. (laughs) And so it's just really lit like a fire for me. Um, But it's really what I think is so incredible to me is that it's um, I've always work has always been number one for me. And so like a hobby, like, you know, it's, this has really kind of now become more of my identity. 
Um, and it's really just opened up like a ton of stuff um, for me, just in terms of like connecting with people and um, even people at the gym. I've got like my regulars um, that have kind of become friends now. Um, and it's just been, uh, it, it's been an, an awesome journey. It's a great, you know, you really have a great community. Um, I think when it comes to like people in fitness um, and like athletes, I think that's just, there's a different mindset when it comes to uh, athletes, which is why I think I've always kind of worked. I've always liked working with athletes. Um, and that's why I think I couldn't work strictly academics. I think it has to be, there has to be some sort of athletic edge. Yeah. yeah. So where can people follow you at um, your, your, you know, your, your Twitter, Instagram, where can people follow you at? Yeah. So I, I only have, um, the Instagram really, um, it's Andrea Brettel 92. Um, that's, I think where I'm going to really kind of post everything, um, mm-hmm. that I'm, I do have Facebook as well. Um, that's more, I'm a little bit, I'm still kind of working on that. Um, cause mm-hmm. I've got more family that's on Facebook and, um, but the, the Instagram for sure is just kind of going to be my, um, I just kind of decided it's like, you know, this is going to be kind of my journey, um, mm-hmm. through, being, you know, competing and prepping and deciding if I, you know, this is something that I want to continue to do. Um, so yeah. So if you want to kind of see the, see the journey, see the, the mess that is, uh, is me, but also, you know, a little bit of academics in there. Um, yeah, definitely take a look. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. You know, a lot of people, um, are now in my situation and, uh, you know, are looking forward to, you know, kind of in and off their college career, you know, whether they're in school, whether they're, you know, playing sports or whatever, and people coming into college. So I think that this was, you know, a huge help uh, to a lot of people, you know, just on what, you know, life should look like, you know, here in the next couple of years for them too as well. So I just wanted to thank you for, for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, again, like with my story, you can be 27 and you can decide to do something completely different with your life. So mm-hmm. sure to, find something, you know, directly after school, take your time with it. And, um, you know, that's, it'll, it'll start to come together. So that's my, my advice there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)